Hi, everyone, and welcome back to How to College, our podcast where we get together with fellow first gens to have real conversations about what it means to be among the first in your family to go to college, graduate, and then what happens post-graduation. Today's episode I find extremely intriguing because many times we are very afraid to talk about finances and the financial implications that sometimes come with being the first one in your family to go to college. Today's guest, Angel, is someone who I met when I was working in the Rio Grande Valley, and he has a really interesting story where his father took quite a bit of money on Parent PLUS loans. On today's episode, Angel talks to us about the decisions that his family made, the decisions that he made, the pressure that he was under, and ultimately why he decided to transition back to the University of Texas in the Rio Grande Valley after taking about $80,000 of Parent PLUS loans. Um, so stay tuned and let's have this great conversation with Angel. Hello and welcome to How to College. How is your day going? Hi, Ms. Norma. It's going great. I already did gym and I am getting ready to have dinner in a little bit with my family. I'm so excited to have a conversation with you and happy to be here. Thank you so, so much for spending some time with us. So why don't we begin by you telling our audience a little bit about you, where you grew up, where you went to school, how you learned that you were a first generation college student. Yes, definitely. So I, my name is Angel Rodriguez, and I grew up in Donna, Texas, a town that borders the Mexico and U.S. states. And I grew up here my entire life. I knew that I was a first-generation student when I was filling out my applications for college. And there's a section where they ask you what your parents did or what's the highest education that your parents received. And at sometimes I had to ask my mom and my father, hey, did you go to college? And the answers they gave me were no. And actually, my father had to get a GED and my mother did get her high school degree, but was also getting, um, you know, back then they used to give like college certificates or college credits. So she had some of that, but did not necessarily go to college, but participated in some of those programs. So I think that's when I first found out that I was first generation. And do you remember what you felt at that point? Was it scary, nervous? Like you're like, oh man, I'm applying to this thing that no one has done before in my family. What were you feeling back then? There was a lot of confusion in, in my mind because I did not have someone to ask the questions that I was having. For example, how was I going to pay for college? Um, maybe I should give some context. So, uh, in 10th grade and 11th grade, I found this passion for the arts. And out of nowhere, I, I started investing my passion in the arts and drawing and painting. Uh, my teacher, Mrs. Nettles, really took her her time and, and allowing me to develop those skills. And she guided me into maybe pursuing a career in the arts. And 11th grade... I actually applied for a summer program for the Maryland Institute College of Art, which was in Baltimore, Maryland. And at the time, it was just a summer program, so it was, a, it was not that expensive. So I asked my father if I could go, and he said yes. And I think that was probably 
the best decision he could have made because I was able to experience and live at a university or a college for a month, month and a half. And I just fell in love. The only issue at this point was that this was a private college, private art college that was very prestigious in the art world. So when I was applying, my senior year comes along and I was applying for that specific school, the Maryland Institute College of Art. The big topic of how do I pay for this was something that I had to deal with. And I was very nervous and I did not know how to tackle it. So I I, I did not have anyone to ask in my family, hey, what do we do? Can we afford it? But it's a conversation that I had to have and it was difficult to have with my mother and father because the tuition per year was around $50,000 as it is a private art institute and one of the most prestigious institutes in America for the arts. So I, I was very, very nervous about that. How was I going to pay for it? I don't know. So if I had had someone to ask, or if my parents had gone to college, maybe they would have had a little bit more perspective of how to deal with this part. But I was stuck asking my college counselors who were very instrumental in me figuring out, okay, we got to apply to financial aid. Okay, if it's a private institute, maybe you won't get a lot of financial aid, but let's apply to scholarships. And we applied to multiple scholarships and the scholarships offered at that campus. Thankfully, I was granted the presidential scholarship from the Maryland Institute College of Art, which was $25,000, but it was split into four years. So it didn't really make a dent in the $50,000 ticket bill for the year. So so that was something I really struggled my senior year. There's so much to untangle there, right? So first of all, congratulations. It is a big honor. That school is very prestigious. And for those in our audience that might not know too much about art, it is they not everybody is accepted to this institution. So that is already a big deal, right? Because someone out there has noticed some type of talent that you are displaying. And let me ask you, were there other schools that you applied to or was this the North Star and you were just very excited that this is it and this is the place that I'm going to go to? Good question. I actually applied to multiple schools. Uh, one of the requirements at Idea Public School is to apply to at least six on your your 11th grade year or senior year. And I applied to multiple uh, a lot of Texas schools, St. Mary's, UT Austin, UTRGV, but I also applied to um, prestigious schools. For example, the Maryland Institute College of Art. I also applied to Pratt, which is in New York City, and I also applied to Yale School of Arts. However, my mind was set since I went to the Maryland Institute College of Arts some program my eleventh year, my eleventh grade summer. I knew that I I I had to go back. I was in love. I fell in love. So much knowledge, so much was shared with me in those few weeks that I was at that college that I knew I wanted to go back. And like you said, it, it's not everyone gets in. It's a very prestigious school. And I think I was very lucky. I, if I go back to the presidential scholarship I mentioned a little bit, a little while ago, that presidential scholarship gets only awarded to a selected few from the top 20% of portfolios reviewed. To get admitted into an art institute, 
I had to apply using a portfolio, which means submitting 10 to 15 images of your artwork. It can be in any medium, right? So it could be painting, drawing, uh, digital. I entered most of my drawings, most of my paintings that I had done in my 10th grade, 11th grade year with Mrs. Nettles. And I was selected as being top 20% of the portfolios reviewed for that school year, which was 2014. And going back to, to the scholarship, I was very, very humbled when I received the, the message that I won the $25,000, but for four years, it, it, it was, it was beautiful at, at the same time to see, okay, $25,000, yay. But then we have to split that in four years. So the amount is very, very low, uh, making a dent into the into the tuition for those those for those academic years. So bittersweet, I imagine, right? Because you're like so excited, and yet you're like, wait a minute, twenty five divided by four, and the school is fifty thousand dollars just in tuition. We have we haven't even talked about how you're gonna live, how you're gonna eat, how you're gonna survive. And it is so hard, right? Because you're talented and yet here you are. And so talk us through, how are you having this discussion with your parents? Because your parents, I am thinking they're saying, well, Angel, you want to go study art? Artists don't make money. So talk to me about like, did, were you thinking loans? Were you, what were you, what, what was that conversation like with them? Two things here uh, in the, in the questions you just asked, when you think about art and artists in the world. Um, an artist thought of everything that you as a human being are a part of today. Example, the clothes that you're wearing, an artist thought about that. The technology you're using, how it looks, an artist thought about that artwork to make it appealing for you to buy it, for making it appealing for you to use it on a daily basis. So art is something that we take for granted but an artist had to think about how it will live in the real world. And those are some of the questions that I had to, that I actually was able to learn how to answer during my years in college. But going back to the loans question, I had to ask my father for permission to get a loan. And as a, as a high school student, I have no credit. I have no history. I can't get loans on my own. So what the, Univers the Maryland Institute College of Art does is that they offer the Parent PLUS loan. I had to ask my father, hey, can we take out a loan that it's going to be almost $40,000 a year to take out for me to be able to go to this school? So that was a, a very difficult conversation for me to have, but I was able to have it with him. And thankfully, he agreed. He believed in me to be able to attend this university. And I was able to go to the Maryland Institute College of Art for two years. So you take $80,000. Well, your father takes $80,000, right? Uh, and then you are there. And, and talk to me about what you're feeling while you're there. Is it a feel of, wow, I'm here. I'm, I'm quote unquote made it. Like my dad is taking a whole lot of money for this, right? I better like take advantage of every second? Is it, or is it more like you're having a panic attack because you're like, oh my goodness, like if I'm not good at this, I've now gotten my parents into a lot of debt. 
So talk to me about what's going through your mind in this, in this, maybe in this first year or in this first two years as you're going through college. Yes, most definitely. I think I can answer this question in two ways. The first is since day one, going to school in August of 2014, I knew that I had to take advantage of every day of every class, absorb everything like a sponge, learn everything, and don't take any day for granted. I knew that there was so much money for me to go to this school um, that I could not that I, that I should not take it for granted um, what it took for me to be there. I knew that my talent got me there, but my father getting the loans was was very present in my mind, and I was very committed to getting the best grades possible. I had a 4.0 GPA those first few semesters there. It got a little bit difficult, so my GPA did go a little bit down, but it never went down where I was like, okay, I'm struggling. On the other hand, I knew that I was away from my family for a long time, and I could only come see them during Christmas time when the college actually asked all of our students to go home and could not stay over the winter break. So it was very difficult for me to be away from my Hispanic family, especially my grandmothers, um, who I grew up with as like my parents, like my mother. So I knew that being away from home was affecting me. Um, emotionally, as a person, every day, I tried to call home and just hear their voices. And they were always motivating me to keep going. And they always shared love with me. But I knew I knew that they were sad that I was so far away. I was maybe 2,500 miles away from them and could not easily come home. I did not have the resources to come home very often, right? So I could only visit them during the Christmas break and... I think one spring break, I was able to come down, not the second year. But being away from home was the second part that I had to deal with being at the Maryland Institute College of Art. Yeah, I think for a lot of us that grew up with our extended family, that's that's a big variable and the psychological tool that it takes on us. So then walk us through what happens in year two. So you, you mentioned you stay there for two years and then what was that decision then to transfer back home? What were the variables that you were thinking about? Yes. So it was maybe January, February. I had just gotten back to to start my second semester. Christmas break had just ended. And I was just feeling low. I was at a low point in my life where I knew that I was missing home and just having been with them in Christmas and knowing that my grandparents were were missing me and that my sisters were growing up without me, I had to, I started thinking, should I go home? Um, it was around February that I called my grandmother and I, I was like, grandma, I'm really thinking of going back and, and transferring. Um, and she started crying. Um, I remember that phone call very well because I told her, Grandma, don't tell anyone that I'm thinking this, but uh, I, th- I do believe that I will be uh, transferring to the Valley. And, and as soon as I ended that phone call with her, I get a call from my father. What's going on? <laughs> my grandmother told everyone. And so then um, they started. And, and, and he was like, what's going on? Are you okay? And I, I had to share with him, uh, one, I'm, f- I'm missing home, but two... Am I being selfish for 
putting you in a position where you're having to take out big loans for me to go to college. Um, this is a lot of money and not just the tuition. I mean, there was living expenses, my food uh, I had to take because it's an art institute. I have a lot of art supplies that I had to buy on a weekly basis that I, I needed to do my homework with, for example, oil paints. Oil paints are not cheap. Um, canvases. I had to have a laptop for my digital classes, my media classes. So there was a lot of consideration where money was always present. Um, it was always in the back of my mind. And, and I would see some of my classmates who had trust funds, that students that had parents that were very wealthy, um, I couldn't live that. I couldn't experience that experience because that was not me. I came from a very humble home, a home that um, my mother and father are divorced. And so I, I we split my time when I was at home with my mother being a single parent and she was a hairstylist and my father a truck driver. So growing up, I did not grow up with a lot of money. So I, I had to take uh, a step back and be like, is this the best decision for me and my family that I'm putting my father in in a in a tough situation where he'll say yes for me to go to college and take these loans out? But am I being selfish at the same time? So that was something that I that was in my mind, and ultimately by March of that of that year, I, I decided and I started the paperwork to transfer to the University of Texas at Rio Grande Valley here in Edinburgh, Texas. And that's where I graduated in 2019, December 2019, the last class before the pandemic hit. Well, congratulations, first of all, on graduation. Um, I do want to go back this line of thinking. Okay, so so your dad had already taken eighty thousand dollars, right? And and in your heart of hearts, if I if I understand you correctly, it just didn't feel right because then your 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 dad would have to take another eighty thousand dollars, right? And then how did you wrestle with this idea of like, well, he's already $80,000 in, maybe I should continue this. Or or maybe you were like, no, this, like, I cannot put him in debt for $160,000. That's correct. I, because I was, I'm the second oldest son. Um, my oldest sister did not go to college. So I was the first of the children to go to college and I have five sisters. So I was thinking my father's 80,000 in debt with me, I need to be able to give my sisters an opportunity if they want to go to a university outside of Texas. I don't know what they'll decide um, at the time, right? Correct. I didn't know what they would decide at that time. However, I knew that I need needed to allow them to have that opportunity to decide whenever they it was their turn. And I knew that I could not allow my father to take $80,000 out in addition for two more years to be in that college. I made the decision that it was enough for me. I learned a lot. I took advantage every day. And I made the decision to transfer to UTRGV, where I did not have to take any loans out. And student financial aid was able to help me a lot. And that's that's how I, I was able to process that decision. It was really thinking about my sisters and allowing them to have the option or the opportunity to go to a university of their choosing if they decided to go. I'm following the thinking here. And so then at UTRGV, what did you study? Did you go back to art or did you say, you know, I, I need to pivot to something different? 
what what was your major? When I transferred, I transferred. They didn't have the exact same title as I was studying at the at the Maryland Institute College of Art, so I had to shift my title, but still in arts, to BFA in Studio Fine Arts, and. Studio Fine Arts consists of painting, drawing, photography, studio photography, uh, printmaking, which is one of my favorite mediums and, and artworks to do. So yes, I did continue the arts at UTRGV. However, because some of the, the transferring credits did not fully apply in in the states, you know, Maryland and Texas, different university systems, college systems, so not all my credits were transferred successfully. Uh, but I was able to get a lot of them credited at UTRGV. But I had to take some classes to to bring me up to speed. It did take me one year longer at UTRGV, only because at UTRGV I had to take different subjects. I had to take U.S. government, math, physics, science. These topics are not included in the curriculum at the Maryland Institute College of Art, where it's solely art uh, and the foundations of art. So it, it did take me a little bit longer. Instead of four years, I was I graduated in five. Uh, but I I learned so much. There was so much information that made me a better person, made me a better uh, team player. It taught me more having perspective of just arts being here at UTRGV. Well, let me ask you two things. The first thing is, so then the loans that your dad take took out, are you where are y'all with them? Do you, are you still pay, paying them, or where where do you stand? Yes, because I graduated December twenty nineteen, the loans kick in six months. The repayment of loans starts six months after that. Six months after December twenty nineteen, we we're in COVID world, and President Biden put a halt. Uh, pause on the loans, the student loans. So since 2020, I the all student loans have been on pause. So I've not made a payment on them. However, I am back in school. I'm currently doing my master's, my MBA in marketing. That is something that I am currently doing because I work at the marketing department for Idea Public Schools. And so much knowledge, so many skills that I am learning in the marketing world right now that I am enjoying my time in the MBA. Your your bachelor's, uh, you just want to get over that period of time. You're like, oh, I can't wait to be out of school. But now that I have worked a little bit, have my bachelor's, have worked a little bit, I am back in school in my MBA. I am enjoying every class. I am learning so much. And I'm like, I I am enjoying being a student again. And I I don't think I would have ever said that maybe three years ago, <laughs> but I, I I am truly enjoying being in my MBA with the marketing department at UTRGV. And the pressure is, uh, I'm guessing, a little bit off, right? Because first Correct. of all, you have a college degree, which, you, you know, you quote unquote made it. Like this is, I made it. yes, this is the North Star, right? Like for all of us that are first gen, it's, it's just like getting that diploma. And so I think maybe you're also enjoying it a bit more because, the financial stress is not there the way it was before. And also the pressure's off, right? Like if you get an MBA, that's amazing, but it's also just a little extra ad, you know, the, the extra Correct. topping to, to our Sunday at this point. All right, yes. I have, what I'm going to ask you might be a really hard question, but knowing what you know today, three, three years out, would you do it all over again? No, 
I, I answer that knowing that I put my father in a situation where I is so much money. Uh, I think back to my high school years, and all my teachers said, yes, do it, do it, do it, do it. But only one person told me, don't do it. And I think about her all the time and, and how I ignored her because everyone else was telling me, do it, do it, do it. Go to Micah, learn. And she was the only one that kept saying, don't do it, don't do it. And I, I kind of wish that I would have listened to her on the financial side. However, I do not take for granted all the experience, all the knowledge, all the memories that I created at Micah. Those experiences have put me in a in a position where I can think outside the box and not be close-minded to ideas that maybe I was shielded because I, I grew up here in the RGV, right? So being in MICA put me in a position where I experienced so much culturally and, um, and in a place where it's filled with so, so much diversity. I think MICA was, was very, very diverse. The, all colleges are diverse, right? Because it's part of their enrollment process. But I think when I was there, I, I really got to experience so many cultures, so many friends from all over the world. And it was so uplifting to get to learn a little bit about who they were and their cultures. So I think I answered it very quickly as a no, but I think a yes and no might be my correct answer. Yeah, abs- yeah. And I think because there, there are so many things that you experience that make you who you are today. And had you not had those experiences, you would maybe not be having this conversation and you would be a completely different person. And so it is really hard in retrospect to see how things played out and whether or not they make sense. And I think the big takeaway here for our audience is that every story is different, right? For some students, it might make sense to take on that amount of debt or for their parents. And for some students, it might not. And it is so hard to tell in that instance. So because it is so hard to tell, what variables do you think you would you would have wanted to think about a little bit more? Like if, if there is somebody listening to us that is making this decision in, in a couple of months, not very far from now, right? Because all decisions are coming out in May. What are some questions perhaps that you that you would have liked somebody to ask you and challenge you on as you were making your decision? I think one of the questions that I would want someone to ask me is, will you take this very seriously? From day one, I I knew that I could not let my family down. I was going to be so far away, 2,500 miles away. Uh, I had to make decisions on my own. Was I going to take it seriously? Yes. I would also like to have known a little bit more about the, the financial part. I know money is something that we tend not to talk about, but taking big loans out is a lot of responsibility. You have to pay it back at some point. So understanding that once you graduate in six months, they're going to come knocking and be like, Where's our money? Start repaying. Thankfully, I've been able to to be on pause, uh, but that pause will not be there for ever, right? So, 
Yeah, and not to mention the interest, right? Like it's it's not just the principal of the loan is, and the parent plus loans are one of the ones with higher interest, right? So it's, you know, it's sort of like, holy moly, that's a lot of money. I mean, I don't know, that's, my mom makes $20,000 a year. So that would be a, an incredible amount of money for my mother, you know? Um, and then, and so then what's, what's the arrangement that you've made with your father? Um, are you responsible for all this money? I know it's a parent plus loan and technically the loan is under my father's name, but yes, I, Angel Rodriguez, me, the son will be paying the loans. He is not paying for them. I will not allow him to pay for them. Uh, the experiences, the, the knowledge, the school was for me and it is, it should be my responsibility to pay them back. So that is the arrangement that we have that I will eventually pay them back. Uh, They're just under his name. Got it. Okay, so the couple of questions you would ask yourself then are, one, are you going to take this extra seriously? Two, a question around the financials, not just the principal, but with the interest, right? And and maybe, maybe three, if I can extract from your story, is a conversation with, with your father about, like, obviously he wants to support you and you're his number one, right? And he will always do, like, like many parents, right? Everything it takes to be successful. And yet though, also maybe a conversation of what if this doesn't work out? What's our plan B, right? That is correct. I would also want to be prepared for, okay, let let me try to explain to this. I didn't experience racism until I went to the Maryland Institute College of Art. And I would have liked to have been prepared for those scenarios, um, being called a beaner in front of my entire class uh, was something that I had never experienced. Uh, so that was something that I would have wanted to have known how that when you are in a different world, in a different place that is not shielded by your culture, like here in the Rio Grande Valley, we're mostly Hispanic, that when you are taken out of that place and you are in a different environment, you will be experiencing different uh, points of views that might not fit with how you were raised or how you grew up. So it's a different topic, a different moment, but I would have liked to have known how to deal with that as well. Well, not to mention how it affects you psychologically, right? Like number one, you already have this big imposter syndrome of like, I don't belong here because I can't afford to pay for this place. And then to top it all off, not only can I not afford this, but I'm different and I look different and I sound different than everybody else. And that that, that adds up on him, right? Like, it is no wonder that you're like, you're, you're like, oh my God, what am I doing here? Yep, you are correct. At some points, I, I was like, is this where I truly belong? But I knew that my talent got me there. And whatever, what someone thought of me or who I was, was not going to deter me from my goal, which was succeeding, learning, coming back and putting into practice what I learned. Yep, absolutely. And and for you, it's even more true, right? Because you submitted a portfolio. It was it was your art. It was your own production, right? That you could look back and be like, I did that. I did that and I was I did not just do that. I was named top twenty percent of all portfolios reviewed for that academic year. Well, I, I've met you before and obviously I know you're extremely talented and and I hope that you continue to foster that creativity that you have. And that this experience did not deter you from 
wanting to be the person that you were meant to be and that you want to be. Yes, thank you. And and right now with with working with the marketing department, I'm able to put my creativity to work and give back to the community by pursuing the college for all mission for students that grew, that are growing up just like me. I am an idea alum and I am now working for that mission of college for all and I truly truly believe in that mission because I am part of that success story. Yep. And we're all very proud of you and and everything that you do. So I think in conclusion, right, every story is different. And like I said before, I don't know that we can say whether a decision like this, taking on this amount of debt is for everyone, right? This is just one story and how it it turned out. Um, But if there was one piece of advice for anyone that is considering taking a large sum of money for for college or because the reality is many people are right college is just so freaking expensive or they're thinking about their parents taking some loans what, what what's a piece of advice that, that you might want to give them i would want to share with them that if you take this money out please please take every day as if it was the last day right because you want to absorb everything, 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 learn it to the best of your ability, practice it, and don't take it for granted. You are in that place, you are in that university or college, because you earned your place at that table. If you get to go, and you have to make this decision to take out these big loans, take advantage and and don't, and and please just try not to, to, to mess your experiences up. I know you'll be alone and make having to be responsible for a lot of your own daily decisions. Um, please, please make sure that you make your decisions for the better. Right. I think that's what I would say. Beautiful. That is a perfect ending to this episode. Angel. We thank you so, so much for being so generous with your time and allowing us to hear your thought process and and to be vulnerable with us. We really appreciate it. And I think a lot of folks that listen to this will will take your story and and not feel like they're the only ones going through it, right? Because those decisions are hard. But I think the more stories we tell and the more narratives we bring to the forefront, the better equipped people are to make these types of decisions. Yes. Thank you, Norma, for allowing me to share my story. I am glad to be a part of this project and so thankful. Thank you so, so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You as well. Well, that's it, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. We thank Angel so much for having a very honest conversation that I think oftentimes people are afraid to have, but it is so important because taking on this amount of loans definitely has some ramifications. At the end of the day, I want to make it clear that Every situation is different and everybody has different variables that they should be taken into account. We cannot give you all financial advice on what makes sense for you all, given that we don't know the personal circumstances. That being said, I think Angel has posed some very good questions that you all might want to ask yourselves as you're thinking through this. One, he asked, are you going to take this extremely seriously? Because it is a lot of money that is at play here. 
Two, he talked about having some conversations with people that know what they're talking about, that understand how the loans work, that understand the ramifications long term. And then the third thing we discussed is really having an honest conversation with your parents, especially when it comes to the parent plus loans, because at the end of the day, they are the ones that are signing that paper. And we also have to think about their futures and what it means for their own financial financial situation. Now, again, um, we want to make sure that you know that every situation is different. In this case, for Angel, you heard it loud and clear. Would he do it all over again? He answered yes and no for very different circumstances. Um, so please, please, we ask that you seek financial advice when you're making these decisions. You talk through, through it with your parents. And at the end of the day, we wish you the best of luck. Don't hesitate to reach out if you have any additional questions. Until next time. <laughs>